Meet Leo Babauta. He's a renowned author, he's a blogger, he's a speaker, uh, whose journey from chaos to simplicity has inspired just countless individuals, millions of people. He has an enormous passion uh, for mindfulness, for minimalism, uh, but combines that with personal development. Uh, he's transformed his own life, I think that's fair to say, but maybe even more importantly, has empowered others to live purposefully, intentionally. Uh, he's the founder of Zen Habits, uh, which is a blog that's become like a, a sanctuary for those seeking simplicity and clarity in an unbelievably cluttered world. He's drawing from his own experiences and studies in Zen Buddhism, but he's also masterfully blended principles and practical strategies, among other things, for habit formation, but, but it goes way beyond that. So in a society that is consumed by consumerism, uh, Leo advocates for a completely different life, uh, to find joy in less. Uh, he's authored books like The Power of Less, uh, Essential Zen Habits, uh, which guide readers on the path to decluttering their lives, both physically, but also mentally, emotionally, beyond. He has a new podcast now called Zen Habits Podcast, which of course you should listen to and subscribe. What podcasters want you to do in your life is to subscribe to their podcast so that it makes it easy, effortless for you to be able to take that wisdom forward in your life. And this is wisdom. My goal here is to help to make Leo's wisdom viral, to be able to help you to be able to make more progress in a gentler way in your life, to find a different path. So uh, so join us on this journey as we go through something like the best life teachings uh, from Leo, explore his profound impact, uh, and to be able to uh, to, to have a, a magical conversation. This is part one of a two-part conversation. Leo, welcome to the podcast. Oh man, that was so good. I should hire you as a hype man. Every time I, every time I enter a room, I want you to say exactly what you just did. Well, <laughs> that should happen. We need to, we need to have, I'll be your hype man. And we certainly need somebody that can just, just, you know, it's like the president when he walks in and there's the presidential right. theme and, and every, we all, you need- a trumpeter. You, I, I would be that trumpeter. I, I want it, I want it, whatever you, you can, you can have it, say whatever you want as long as it's in my accent. <laughs> uh, and with my genuine enthusiasm for you. So it's, it's, lovely, it's lovely to have you here. And, oh, thank you. And really what I want to do is something I have done occasionally, but with people who I think of as being teachers first. Mm. And, and that is to ask you to just share, let's start with one principle and we'll just keep going, the, like the best of principles. So what is one principle, mm. one teaching, one idea that you really want all of us to understand uh, from, your, from your work? I would say the art of slowing down, the power mm. of slowing down. Mm. I think we all have a sense of what that is and, and how, how helpful that can be. 
in our lives because we're rushing. You know, I'm, I'm speaking to the people mm. who are doing a million things a day and are jumping from one tab to another, one message to another, yes. one task to another. Yes. And so slowing down, I think there's something intuitive about it that we, mm. like, oh, there's something really nice about that. It's, yes. It sounds like that would be nice and I don't know how to do that. But I think there's an underlying power to it that I think we often miss. Mm. to speak to the power of slowing down, if I might. Yeah, so, so, so let's just speak, just respond to that. And then I want to hear you just kind of riff on this for us, teach us. It's one of those pieces of advice that's quite nice to hear because it's not, hey, do one more thing, add mm. another thing, do this thing better. We go, yes, someone needs to say <laughs> it. Some, no one's saying it to me, slow down. But what you're saying is that even beyond that surface appreciation, right. there's, something, there's something more that you're trying to get to. Please share with us, teach us. Okay. So at the surface level, I say definitely go to the surface level. If you can mm -hmm. just move slower in your day, just take a pause between things, take a breath and just mm -hmm. appreciate the space between things which we mm. usually don't do because we're rushing to one, one thing to the mm. next. Uh, it'll give you a sense of spaciousness in your day. Hmm. And even within the tasks themselves. So if you're doing something with a sense of rushing and I need to like get it done and, you know, if I get this thing done, then my life is going to be solved. Of course, that, <laughs> that just keeps yes. being applied. I, I recognize it in my life. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So if you could slow down with that task and create a sense of spaciousness in the task itself, which mm. is a mental spaciousness, like it's it's okay to just focus on this one thing right now as if this was the only thing that mattered in the whole universe. Just really mm. give yourself over to like devoting to yourself to this devotion. So spaciousness within a task, spaciousness, like you know, clear out some of your calendar. At the surface level, all of this stuff I think is really, really amazing. Mm. But beyond that, uh, there's there's more. So, mm. for example, one thing that I really work with with people is resistance. <laughs> so if you are, let's say you want to write a book, uh, is a really common one. So I'm resisting it. You know, I want to write the book, but, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. And so you keep putting it off till tomorrow until right. you finally say, you know what, I need to actually commit myself to this and mm. and actually face this. And so if you start to face your resistance, well, the first thing that people will notice is like, it's almost like a magnetic force that pushes you away from the task. And so all of a sudden you're cleaning your kitchen instead of writing your book, or you're like mm -hmm. checking your emails. <laughs> a big, a big procrastinated, important task is yes. like the best way to get me to clean my closet, <laughs> clean up, tidy up. It's like yes. anything but that. My house gets so clean when I'm writing a book. <laughs> um, so we're, we're procrastinating on a task, but the thing is that we rush past that moment. So in this moment, I could, I have a choice between facing it and turning away and right. it's almost invisible. I just turn away without even noticing it. And so mm. the power of slowing down in this moment would be really interesting because you just slow down, just pause, take a breath and notice like what's happening in your body. What's happening in your mind that has you wanted, wanting to turn away from it? Is there some kind of anxiety? Is there some kind of uh, contraction in your chest? Hmm. And if you can slow down, I really believe that this moment of resistance, which we don't want to have and want to get away from as soon as possible, it's actually a really sacred moment. 
Hmm. It's it's a moment where that we take for granted and that we don't we we judge, we don't want, but actually if hmm. we really slow down with it, this is the moment where you could move deeper into your resistance, into the unknown, into meaning in your life, into purpose. Hmm. And we just completely miss it because it just feels like it's just invisible to us. Hmm. So if you could slow down with it, it's actually very a very rich, rich moment. Okay. That's the first time that I've heard someone describe resistance and going into resistance as being sacred. But it certainly feels true mm. immediately to me. It's resonant because I think most of us, we're not just trying to avoid the task. I think we're trying to avoid that resistance as well. Exactly. It, it's uncomfortable. That's right. We, we, we don't want to admit it's there. We're, we're like, okay, uh, you know, so we're afraid or, or, or something of the resistance. Can you talk to us more about that? And yes. is sacred not something to avoid? Yeah, so we're definitely afra we're afraid of the task itself or afraid of what lies beyond the task. So if we're mm -hmm. writing a book, I'm afraid of people judging it later. So we're already mm -hmm. in the future. Beside, we're not in the moment of actually writing yep. the book. Yep. So we're yep. afraid of that. But then yep. that, uh, that fear has us resisting, which is just a protection mechanism. It's like I need hmm. to move move away from the thing that's uh, that's scary. Again, hmm. all happens invisibly, and then we judge ourselves for having resistance. We're like, oh, crap, I haven't been doing this thing that I said I was going to do. And mm. and so we don't like that we have it. Mm. And so it's it's something we just don't want to be with. We don't like being in this moment of fear and resistance and judgment. And, you know, who would, right? This is not a, not a fun moment. Mm. And so, it, like you said, it's uncomfortable. And the reason why I talk about it as a sacred is because it, if we hold it as sacred, which I think it is, if we mm. hold it as sacred, it changes our relationship to that resistance. Oh man, you know, I agree with that. We can be outside when the sun's going down and just feel the sacredness of that sunset. Everyone's mm. had an experience like that of mm -hmm. ah, like looking out at, at mountains mm. or just something, you know, at the ocean. We can have a connection to something spiritual like that. It's, it's sacred, but we don't have that when it comes to this moment of resistance. What if we could find that awe in this moment, which I think is just as beautiful as the sunset, but we just don't, we don't look at it in that way. We don't even dare to look at it in that way. And so if we do, it's just like, oh my God, this is what it's like to step into the unknown with something meaningful, something that I actually care about. So if I didn't care about it, there'd be no resistance. Mm -hmm. And so like, well, I could understand more about the resistance, get curious about it, which we are not curious usually. And like, what is, what's happening in my mind? What's going on in my body? Like, how do I work with it? How do I, you know, move, move towards it instead of away from it? It's like learning to get curious about fire, which, you know, could be really scary, but, mm. you know, can actually be an incredible tool. And resistance is the same thing. Okay. So I want to talk a little more about this. So we went to Iceland, uh, mm. which is a big, big mistake. <laughs> and then, and then we went to... Uh, there's a place where the tectonic plates collide, right? And uh, you can go, you can go snorkeling there. Basically, okay. They have these. Uh, they have what they call dry suits, mm. uh, which is what gets you to sign up. And then when you arrive, and you are completely freezing already, 
before you're wet and before you've put this on. And then the guides genuinely laughing are like, well, they're mostly dry suits, you know? Okay. So now this is the situation. And anyway, we, we, we go and we swim there and, and I don't know, I'm trying to find the right mix of metaphors here, but, but there's something about what you've said with this, you know, this idea that resistance, you know, the place where the tectonic plates are, are meeting. And then there's something about going deep, you know, like we swim deep there. Uh, and th th there's something deeper below the resistance. And so you're saying at first, the first thing to do is to reframe that resistance as sacred, which That's I just right. think is beautiful. And then what you said, and I want you now to go deeper on, is the idea that what you find there below the surface of that resistance is meaning and that mm. there's, there's lots of richness there, just like, and literally what did happen, I was laughing and joking, but when we went swimming, it was freezing before we got into the water. And when you get into the water, every single part of you that isn't covered, which isn't much, is immediately ice cold, like sharply cold. Mm. And every little crevice that they said would be, you know, dry in the advertising, like, well, you actually do it, you know, it's like water's coming in, and so your feet are suddenly freezing. And like, but what amazed me is that the water was so clear and you could see so far down and you could see the light refracting at different levels that from that point to the point we're finished, I could not, I could not be distracted in any mm. serious way by mm. the cold. You're sort of still kind of aware of it, but my goodness, you, you, I was absorbed in the magic of it. And so That's I'm trying amazing. to give a, a truthful account of that whole story, the bad yeah. and the, the, the beauty, but, but maybe story. there's something there for what you're describing as there's something under the surface that's, that's right. important there. Can you talk about what we'll find? That's such a great <laughs> illustration. So in, if we use your beautiful uh, detailed metaphor, the, the cold water that has you, like every particle of your body is, is just freezing with that cold. And, and I imagine that your body retracted from it because yeah. of the cold. So the yep. cold in this metaphor is the unknown that we're resisting. Mm -hmm. So mm. stepping into the unknown with writing mm. a book or, or really anything, like stepping onto a stage and speaking is the mm. unknown. Leading people in any way is unknown. <laughs> Putting yourself <laughs> out there in any way is, is stepping into the unknown. Mm -hmm. And so that's the freezing water that we resist, we retract from, and we think is, is not only uncomfortable, but maybe even dangerous. And so, yeah, well, all of this is all of this was literally true. So, yeah, keep going. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, put on a dry suit uh, would be a good, a good idea. But at the same time, if you could actually move into it, what you'll discover if you can let yourself go into the discomfort of that is that the unknown is actually an amazing uh, place because that's where anything new gets discovered. Anything new externally, you know, as we go out into the unknown, but also internally in, in a creative process. You know, a book is not just like, let me just state all the things that I know. It's a discovery <laughs> process. Yeah. Uh, it's like trying to, under, you know, create something new. That's where anything not only discovered, but also created. We can't create in the known. That's the known is it's just the opposite of creating. It's the known is what we've already created or what's already been created. Creating is something that's new 
and that has to be in the unknown. Mm-hmm. I also believe that meaning mm-hmm. is in the unknown. If, you know, for example, people find meaning in helping others who are in need. You know, if someone's gone through a disaster and you're out there reaching out to them, putting your heart out there, seeing what you can do, rolling your sleeves up, that's meaningful. But that requires you to step out of your comfort zone into the unknown and reach your hand out vulnerably and say, I'm here to help. That only happens in the unknown. And really any kind of meeting, you and I being here on this podcast is us being willing to be vulnerable and step into the unknown. That's, Mm. that's meaningful to me. You know, if I was just doing something that I already knew how to do, like this would be boring. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is, this is where meaning gets created. Relationships, love is in the unknown. Like Mm -hmm. any real love is in the unknown. If you are only willing to love to the extent that it's safe, you're not really loving. You're only like, you're not willing to risk anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So any Mm -hmm. kind of risk is in the unknown. That's the cold water that we're talking about. And that's where there are miraculous depths. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. (coughs) Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. So whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point-of-sale system, whenever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. So sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. In my experience with every business that I have built, including this podcast, there are breakthrough moments and those moments are often the result of finding the right partner. And I think that's a way to think about Shopify because no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greg, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greg now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greg. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I just love it. I'm going to build one more piece of this metaphor now, which is what is also happening at these this one particular place in Iceland is you know where these tectonic plates meet mm-hmm. is also what at least the Icelanders believe and claim the oldest known parliament in the world. Oh yes, like the birth of 
parliament system, the birth of democracy or whatever, something like this. And, right, right. and I, I'm not knocking that, although, of course, there's different ways to think about it. But this was where, you know, people, leaders at the time, you know, an ice age ago, met to make the first set of laws that people would live by in a, in, in a large scale way. Uh, and, and so this is how they mm-hmm. think about it. But, but I think that, I think that metaphor holds for what you're saying is that it's space. What the resistance is under the resistance, the unknown under the unknown is space. Right. And in that space, all creativity exists in that space. It doesn't exist. You're not creating when you're doing the stuff you already know how to do. You're repeating, you're continuing, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to create, you have to find the space, and that space lives right in or under the resistance. And and, and now, at first we were thinking about that, or at least I was more like individual creativity, like you were saying with writing a book. But as you were talking, I thought, really that is true for relationships well you mentioned relationship right. and love so you said that mm-hmm. but i i think about it very literally because it's the research that i'm working on right now and it's like mm. there is a space between agreeing and disagreeing and That's in right. that space is all possible interpersonal progress all mm. all of it all of it exists there but i hadn't thought until this conversation that what makes agreeing and disagreeing safer territory is because that's what you know that's right if you agree with somebody well now that's that's the easiest known because now you agree and i agree and okay great and if you disagree even though that inherently is conflict it's still you're still holding on to a position you already have and you're expressing Mm -hmm. it you know it's like okay well i don't see it that way but the understanding, like, let me hear how you see it. Let me share how I'm seeing it. But we're open, that space in between to understand, not to That's listen right. to agree or disagree, is that same unknown. It's the same thing we want to avoid. And it, yet it's the heart of all the creative possibilities that exist in that relationship. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, yeah, that's... That's a willingness to let go of what you know and step over into the other side and explore with the person. It's like trying to get get what they're going through, get what their what their understanding is, and that's only possible if we let go of our understanding, and and, and then vulnerably sharing too what you don't yet know about your own views. Mm-hmm. You know, not just repeating what you already know the, the 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 things you've repeated before many times, but where you suddenly are going, well, my goodness, this is how this makes me feel, and I I, I don't know where this is going, and and this could be, you know, it's like on the edge of chaos the the. That's right. breakthroughs with with other people it could sometimes it does go to kind of into something not good but you you're risking all of that for the possibility of growth well this is beautiful That's amazing so the sacred well resistance okay i love it what's number two give us a number two pillar of uh of of, of your thinking for our conversation here teach us again so number two would be around creating change you just talked about the possibility of growth um creating change using structure I think people often have a uh, sometimes difficult relationship with structure uh, because it's been taught to us as like, this is the thing that's going to hold me down and, 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 you know, restrict me. Right. Uh, So, and so I, but I believe that the deepest growth uh, habit change would be one example. Transformative change would be another, that this is only possible with structure. So I'd like to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say maybe especially in our lifetimes, I've got to think about whether I stand by exactly what I just said. <laughs> but I think that there has been this sort of, maybe, maybe it was sort of the 60s, 70s before, but it got repeated in different ways, like, oh, the man and the structure and the system and it's all bad. And <laughs> I think we do live in a time where if it's an institution and if it's a system, there is a percentage of people who are so distrustful of all systems, they're like, oh, no, it would be better if we burned the whole thing down. And, and that, I think, can then apply to other things, not just, not just big government systems or international systems or structured entities above us or that we interact with, but just our own structures and our own life. I think sometimes people can be like, oh, yeah, well, routine is going to keep you limited and, and controlled. And so you have the only freedom is, is to blitz out of all of this. And right. I think what you're saying is, yeah, don't be so fast about that. There's a different kind of freedom and so on to be able to you know, that's right. These things give us. And well, actually there's, so there's a couple of different difficult relationships people have to structure. You just named one, but the other one is like, I need structure. I need to have like my routine down and control, like you said. Mm. And that's actually, that actually can be really limiting because it's just like, I need things to be predictable and controlled and mm. go the way that I need them to be. Or if I do structure, it's going to make me into a better person. You know, a lot of people reach for structure to like make themselves a better person. And I don't think that works. Okay. So you're actually arguing the kind of the opposite of the point I was making. Well, I'm, I'm saying there's two, there's two, two sides, sides and both of them can be yes. problematic. Yes. So the one that you just, you just made is the other side, which is like, okay, I've tried a bunch of structure. It's really restricting. I don't like that. I want, I want freedom. And so I throw yes. out all structure. Right. And I just want to like flow with my day and not have goals. And, yep. and the problem with that is you've given yourself freedom, but you've really restricted yourself be because you can't actually grow beyond where you are. And so you'll stay there and you just kind of hang out in your comfort zone without any structure. And you're just kind of resigning yourself to w the way things have to be or the way things already are, as opposed to like creating something new. So that's that. That outside also can be problematic. Okay, so it sounds like we could have a meeting of the minds between those two extremes that we're discussing. That's right. Um, this is this is you know this is the yin and and the yang. Sure. Unless I'm unless I'm sort of misunderstanding it, right? Uh, you know that the the yin and the yang are opposite but complementary forces. You know, one sort of stands for the symbol of. Hmm chaos, the other uh, for order right. uh, and structure, and both the principle and the really, really amazing graphic, right? We've all seen the graphic, but it's, sure, sure. it's worthy it's of... pretty good. Yeah, branding. it's worthy of, like, uh, of uh, emphasizing because mm -hmm. it so beautifully captures in a graphical form. I mean, I really value expressing ideas in graphical form and mm. and that, that in a sense unless i can express things graphically i don't think i understand them yet mm. uh and 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 so the yin and the yang diagram right expresses this duality you have to have both if you have no structure you will tilt towards chaos and that that's not going to help you mm. if you have all structure then you become so steady state you're not going to grow and so it's how do you how do you maintain a combination of, of both? How, how do people do that? I mean, what's the, what's the actionable insight that follows, follows what you're sharing? 
Well, let's let's talk about the why for structure in the first place. Uh, yeah. So what we what we're trying to create is growth or change or transformation, some something that will take us beyond where we are to some some other place. So we have to have a why for that. Like it's it's not that we need to change. Like maybe you're great as you are, and you know just be happy. So there's mm. nothing wrong with that. But what mm. if I wanted to create societal change, or some kind of you know change in my neighborhood, or you know, write or just change in my own life, even just yeah. just make change, something better. Yes. Yeah. Let's say I want to run an ultra marathon. Right. Mm. Right now, I'm running three miles a day, so it's a quite a quite a big leap. Yes. Uh, but it could be I want to you know change something really big in society. You know, Martin Luther King and Gandhi and those types. Yes. So you set this like vision for yourself, something that is outside of your current possibility. So right now, I can run three miles, and maybe if I really push, I can run six miles. But, mm. you know, 100 miles or 50 miles is just Completely unimaginable. Outed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's the same thing as like shooting for the moon when, you know, the farthest we've flown is like right up there <laughs> where the clouds are. <laughs> right. You know, it's outside of our, our reach. And so we and it's something that we care about, something that's meaningful. So if you set that for yourself now, like, how do I actually get there? So this is the why for structure. If you're like, I'm going to reject structure and I'm just going to like see, see how it get there and just kind of like, kind of try and get there without it. What yes. happens is you're going to just hit that resistance that we talked about earlier and you will just be like, huh, it's not worth it. You know, I'm just going to like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, sit down to meditate or, you know, you just float away from it. Exactly. There's no, mm. there's nothing that's going to actually have you moving through it. Mm. Um, and if you want to actually have that transformative result that's outside of your reach, then you would need to actually move through this resistance. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the first problem with that side. And the other side is the side that has too much control, right? That control is really to keep you safe. In an, and so the structure that people usually come up with is something that's going to keep you safe and routine and like, I'm going to know how to do my life. And if I can do that, then I'm all good, right? But that is going to keep you at the airplane level, like you can, or maybe reaching to your roof, but you're not going to reach for the moon at using right. the, what you already know. Right. And so structure, the, the yin yang that, that you asked about, how do we marry the two? Structure would be creating, creating structure for yourself so that you could actually reach that, which is going to move you. It's going to have you set things for yourself that you can't do yet. So if I said I was going to, you know, write that book, well, let me, what if I could write, you know, 20,000 words this month, you know, that's, mm. you know, well beyond what I've written ever before. So, uh, what's going to have me do that? Well, then I'd have to divide the month by, you know, um, divide that by how many days there are and start to like create some focus sessions for myself to like write those. And I don't even know if I can do it. So if you're like, oh, I, I'm going to write five words a day. Great. I know I can do that. There's no structure mm. required. There's nothing mm. transformative there. But yes. if you set something that you don't even know if you can do, like it's, you know, maybe a 20% chance in my mind that I'm going to actually reach that. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is you're going to set structure that you're going to miss. And the relationship to structure that people have is that if I miss my goal, there's something bad. I am, there's something wrong with me. I have mm -hmm. failed. I suck. I should just quit mm -hmm. the whole thing. I don't know why I ever shot for the moon. Mm. And so you know, sometimes you're going to hit the, the target, but a lot of times you're going to miss. And when you do, the good thing about structure is that it helps you to now to like, again, slow down and examine like what had me miss there? 
Hmm. What's what is what's the way that I'm showing up that's having it 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 miss? Maybe I'm showing up, but I'm constantly distracted, or I'm watching YouTube while I'm writing, or hmm. I'm like pushing mm-hmm. it back because you know there's so many other things that are important to me that's that are more important than that. Whatever it is, there might be a story I'm telling myself that's having me show up in a certain way. Now, what if I could slow down and see what is it that's having me, you know, miss that that reach that stretch goal? Hmm. And so structure gives you a place to look at like what's going on that uh, that would have to change for you to start to transform yourself. You, so, so you're saying a couple of things, I think, here. One, one is that the right essential intent, something that's beyond what we know how to do, is inherently disruptive. It's a mm. good thing to do. That's it's right. a good thing to engage in. It will disrupt your previous patterns and structures and routines, and that's uncomfortable, but you're saying, welcome it. But then you're also saying, don't just blow it all up and now you have no structures. You have to build new structures in because that's what you're actually evaluating in an ongoing basis. You're looking at the system you've built and going, okay, if I'm not hitting these, well, why not? What's wrong in the system? Am I, am I, you know, am I, do I need more resources? Do I need more people to help? Do I need more, you know, do I need to spend more time on this? Do I need to, you know, like you have something to adjust rather than just throwing out the end goal that was at one time so meaningful. That's right. Am I hearing you and, right? Yeah. And throwing out the whole structure is saying, you know, it's screw it. I'm, right. I'm not going to do this at all. Right. Yeah. You, you mentioned the patterns that we have. Every human has patterns that we've formed over the years and they, they kind of like, you know, ossify, they like harden over time. And so, and that, and that's just like how we are. We just believe that this is just who I am, but what if we could use the structures and the stretch, you know, this reaching for the moon to see these patterns, to bring into our awareness, something that was previously invisible, invisible to us. Yeah. And then say, well, what if I didn't have to do it that way? What if there's another way that I could do it? Like throw out the pattern and try something completely different. If I'm used to, you know, if I always walk down the street with my head down and my shoulders hunched and I'm always looking at the ground, I can't ever see the horizon. And I'm like, right. well, there's just no horizon. It's just, it just looks like ground all the time. <laughs> but what if you're like, well, what if you tried not looking at the ground? You're like, okay, I don't, it sounds weird, but I'll try it. And you're all, of a, all of a sudden there's like a sunset over there. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a little mm-hmm. bit of a silly example, but this is actually no, 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 but I hear you. what we do every day is we do the way we know how to do things. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so I think in summary, the, the, the idea is to not be chained down by the current structure and routines and systems and ways of thinking that you have. Instead of going, instead of doubling down on them going, no, I just need, as you said before, control over everything and just depending on what is most known to me, most comfortable to me, you, you really are willing to look at it and notice and say, well, are these the patterns that I most want? Are these the habits I most want? Is this what, or, or is, there, is there something, could I design something that gets me to a completely different level of contribution and achievement. Yes. Yes. And could I give you a, a real example? Yes. Because uh, we're talking a little abstract right now. Agreed. So let's say someone says, I want to you know, hit this huge goal. And then you ask them, you know, they set some structure and they say, by the end of this month, I'm going to do this to move right. me towards that. And yes. at the end of the month, you ask them what happened and they're like, well, I, you know, I couldn't, I was like sick all month and I was um, just tired, and I felt I feel like I just need to take care of myself and throw out, throw out the structure, throw out the goal. 
Yes. And I'm like, well, you know, that's totally fine. But what's what's having you be sick and tired all the time? Well, and then we, you dig into it. And what, what turns out, if you really spend some time with this person, is they are um, afraid of the structure and afraid of the goal. And so they they are feeling anxious and tight the entire day, which has them exhausted by the end of the day and then hmm. has them much more likely to get sick. Hmm. And so they're just walking through the day with this tightness and anxiousness. And I'm not blaming them for that. We can imagine there's good reasons they have this anxiety and tightness, hmm. but they are looking at the structure and at the goal and at the activity itself of, let's say, writing as scary. There's a threat detector that's gone off. And so they, hmm. because they have their threat detector say, oh, that's scary. This is dangerous. And I now need to like be tight and I'll do it. I'll force myself to do it. But it's like forcing yourself to like hold on to an electric fence. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be exhausting and painful. And so what if this person could transform, if they took a look at that and saw like, oh, that's how I go through my day. What if they turned off the threat detector and said, what if I could just play? What if I could find joy in my day? What if I could be relaxed and just, just kind of like make a mess? Like it didn't have to be anything perfect. Hmm. And all of a sudden, this person is going to be practicing a whole different way of being that is totally foreign to them, but it could be relaxed. It could be fun. It could not have them be exhausted at the end of the day. Now, hmm. that structure then that we looked at, like, why didn't you hit your target, now becomes a way to see what's going on underneath their initial reasons, which are just like, I was sick and tired and I can't do this anymore. Hmm. Okay, so I'm getting parts of it and I, I want to make sure I get the whole of it. So, hmm. so when I wrote Effortless, I distinguished this idea of sort of being in an effortful, stressed, anxious, fearful state and an effortless state. Okay, mm -hmm. so exactly, you're, you're definitely talking, as far as I can see, about how do you shift into an effortless state? Uh, the difference, in this example, yes, for sure. Yes, in this example, yeah. and, and we might say the difference between a strained state, maybe in a striving state. Mm. But are you saying we still hold on to that new goal, right? So we keep using the book idea, right? Like write a book. We still hold the goal. But instead of being so rigid about the process that we are strangling our own ability to execute, but we're so, so tense about, I don't know, like I say, so tense about having to do it in the perfect way right. that we don't get started. And so this is another idea from Effortless, but, but I, think it's, I think it's what you're saying is, mm -hmm. is the courage to be rubbish. Like, hey, no, we're just going to be playful through this. We're just going to, we're doing draft zero. We're not doing draft one. We're not, we're not doing perfect writing from the beginning. We're just starting with rubbish. We're, gonna, we're just going to start and, and then we can always improve over time. Is that the idea of what you're saying? Yeah. For this particular person in this example, uh, that would be transformative. If they mm -hmm. could allow themselves to just be rubbish, like just mm -hmm. embrace the rubbishness of of what they're doing, and have and 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 have it be more much more effortless, and so instead of strained, it's committed but effortless, mm -hmm. which is which is I think the the middle ground for a lot of people. It's like mm -hmm. instead of being effortless but just like laying there <laughs> and doing nothing, like yeah, you know, sloppy. Yes. Or, or being really strained, you know, there's a, a committed but effortless. Yes. Okay. I like it. I think that's a, a nice place to kind of tie up episode one, the first part of this conversation with Leo Babauta. Mm. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. 
for those that are listening, what is one thing that stood out to you in today's conversation? One thing that I love uh, about this conversation is how fascinated you are. Mm. It, it was just really fun to be in a conversation with someone who just fascinated and really is trying to wrap their head around something and using incredible metaphors and different ideas. Uh, it's just a, a fun conversation to be in. I love that, Leo. Next question. What is one thing people should do immediately, like within a 10-minute increment that they could do as a result of today's conversation from your point of view? If they write down the words, slow down and put that mm. somewhere, and uh, just as a reminder, put that, put it in, on your bathroom mirror and, and a few other places around your house, just as a reminder to slow down with you know, your life, with resistance. There's a Japanese phrase uh, from the tea ceremony called Ichigo Ichie or something like that. And it mm. basically means one, one chance in a lifetime. Mm. And that means that every time you pour tea, it's the only time we ever get that chance to do that with this person in this moment. Because the next time we do it, it's going to be a completely different thing. Mm. And so I really love that idea is if we could slow down, we're missing all of these moments of a lifetime. And so just take these moments of a lifetime and take them as sacred things to really mm. appreciate in each day. Really, really like that. And then, and then this question, like who, who, who should people be working with as they try to, to apply this in their lives? Is there, do you have any guidance for like, who, who should they start with? What would the criteria be of who they could pair up with to be able to continue this conversation now that this part of this conversation is coming to a close? I, I think it's important to have uh, someone outside of you who can see stuff you can't see, the stuff that we just talked about. Uh, so a coach or someone, a therapist or someone outside of you who can see what's invisible to you and reflect mm -hmm. it to you. Mm -hmm. And then second, to have some kind of community, even if it's a community of two people, mm -hmm. other people to do this with, because otherwise it feels alone and it's really hard to do on your own. Leo, pleasure to have you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.